how are you holding up? Okay, uh, me have been okay despite mm-hmm. the the world coming to an end, but we are still here. <laughs> I think the world is coming to an end. <laughs> you know, people people in crypto have been tested so many times. So yes, at least, at least you're still here, and mm-hmm. I am grateful that grateful that even if even with the what's happening, you are able mm-hmm. to continue to work and. Uh, it's a it's a privilege to be able to do to do this so yeah i've not been affected so much as i would say so mm. yeah okay and uh, what particularly are you doing to you know protect yourself from contracting the the coronavirus okay at least uh, for me for for a while now i've been i've been mostly working from home so i have mm-hmm. not been traveling a lot so mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. even as, as the spread started mm. i was not i was not in crowded places so i'm still uh, self distancing and mm-hmm. washing hands a lot mm-hmm. and uh, keeping in touch via the internet so mm. indoors most time so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it seems like a lot of people are just getting started on this concept of working from home but you seem to have been doing it for quite a while right yeah yeah it's funny it's funny that this yeah. thing of working working from home has has been my life for for better mm-hmm. part of my adulthood so mm-hmm. i find i find it an extension of what i've been doing so mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to see how how this thing evolves i think a lot of conversations will happen after after mm. this virus is up uh, in terms of work structure of work and how yeah and how many companies will be now evaluating the mm. options do they really need to have all their employees physically mm. at the office so yeah i think it's it's quite interesting yeah and and since you know a lot of people are still struggling with the concept of working from home what sort of advice or um would you sort give them to enable them you know adjust fast to the concept because we are going to be stuck up in this situation for quite a while and i think people need yeah. to start adjusting instead of waiting for things to get back to normal which we we don't know if we'll ever go back to how we used to run things or what around things previously so people need to adjust what do you particularly have for them to enable them do that i think i think first of all honestly it depends with the industry i don't think mm. i don't think it's possible for for everyone all, yeah, yeah mm. for everyone to to work from home i think it's it's highly dependent on the type of work that you're doing mm-hmm. so but i think um that the nature of jobs is also evolving so if your job primarily involves uh working beyond borders or online mm-hmm. internet via the, yeah. via the internet mm-hmm. i think most of most of what you are going to see now from there is people will be more inclined now mm-hmm. to think of ways to to minimize the cost of yeah. uh, uh working outside your home mm-hmm. so yeah. so so for any business that has been 
predominantly on the internet or using software or connecting people uh-huh. i think such type of such type of businesses will be will be inclined to go the digital online way so uh-huh. for me for me it's uh, i have had tools of communication first of all uh-huh. uh, you have to know you have to know what do you need for your day to day work for example uh-huh. tools like like skype which you are using right now yeah zoom zoom has actually taken off out of yeah, out it, of it, this it, yeah it, it, it's it's taken off very fast <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's very yeah, interesting so, yeah. yeah so so i think communication as long as you're able to communicate with your colleagues workmates or people in the workplace via these communication devices a communication technology i think mm-hmm. people should should try them more and should have more faith in, in them working for example zoom a few mm. days ago we had a meeting with about 700 people to an online meeting okay and there was no buffering there was it was recorded and people who were from all the way in hong kong somewhere in mm-hmm. us i was yeah. here so it's, it's very fascinating and mm. i don't think many companies actually have especially the ones who are who have online businesses mm-hmm. have as many people as 700 maybe they have a dozen or so so mm-hmm. if you can be able to have these communication technologies and utilize them well i think that mm-hmm. that's the first step not the first step of trying to decentralize work from 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 the office and yeah. then also I, the next step is of course you have to be more disciplined than the problem you have to be mm-hmm. more, more yeah. disciplined because it mm-hmm. can be very distracting yeah but, very very distracting yeah <laughs> but but if you have if you if you, if you try for example mm-hmm. a few days in a week you work from home and then mm-hmm. you see how the productivity works mm-hmm. and then you keep on changing and improving based on the results you have and how people are, are reacting to it so i think mm-hmm. it's, it's very possible to get started as long as there is that goodwill and intention from everybody yeah. involved yeah and uh, it appears like the world economy is heading for a recession yeah um yeah yeah how, how what, what are the chances of most uh, especially the emerging economies uh navigating through this turmoil and you know getting back on on their feet do they stand a chance or is it going to be a struggle that might wipe off a lot of value uh, in some economies while others benefit from you know bailouts and st- stimulus programs that are being uh uh effect- affected by by their governments i think i think it's inevitable like uh, in any recession or in any type of event like this there mm-hmm. will be casualties i think most countries will be affected if not i think all uh-huh. so and and the, the big players the big the big economies us uh, uk germany japan i think mm. they are, of course if something happens to them as we saw it, to age mm-hmm. if something yeah. happens in the big economy because of the way the, the economy is more interconnected the spill mm-hmm. effect for countries in africa like us it's inevitable it's mm-hmm. inevitable that there are going to be recession and 
companies will suffer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know to which extent. I'm not uh, so much into technical analysis of that, but I think it's inevitable. Like uh, companies will suffer, mm-hmm. and uh, companies that will not be able, and economies that will not be able to adjust to new mm-hmm. new ways of working, new economy, and new technologies of and new ways of doing business. It will mm-hmm. take it will take time. Because yeah. I mean, as you've said, I think it will take a while before this being like completely over. It, was, it might take even more than weeks, as people are saying. It might even yeah. be more than a month or so. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the discussions, very heated discussions that are, has been going on online, is about uh, the United States government's intention of printing six trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to bail out uh, corporations and uh, uh, basically try and salvage the situation. Um, and uh, crypto Twitter has been very actively involved in attacking the government and and you know um, central banks, well the Fed, um, yeah. in taking this particular measure. What are your thoughts as a crypto analyst or maybe someone who is uh, on the other side of the divide? Okay, honestly, it's, it's very interesting to watch the debate on crypto Twitter because mm. people people actually people think like uh, people think of crypto Twitter as mm. uh, doomsday prophets. Yeah. we want the economy <laughs> to collapse so that you have the utility of. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anarchists. Yeah, anarchists. Yeah. So, but I think it's it's not that you want the economy to collapse so that people now have the the use case of Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. it's interesting now to see the value proposition mm-hmm. of Bitcoin because there are two two different school of economics here. The mm-hmm. Bitcoin model is mainly based on uh, don't change the money supply, but the other yeah. Keynesian model that is used by governments everywhere is manipulating mm. the money supply. So yes. I think I think from from even a knowledge point of view and even from information point of view, it's interesting to see mm. those two mm-hmm. economic models and how they mm-hmm. work. I, I I think I think it's I don't think I don't think. Uh, the economy has to collapse or the world currencies have to completely collapse for Bitcoin mm-hmm. to have a complete use case. But mm-hmm. situations like this are going to show more people that probably mm-hmm. they need to reevaluate and have some 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 hedge against mm-hmm. these fiat currencies because they can be printed out of nowhere. I, I, mm-hmm. I saw someone ask that if if a government can print six trillion why yes. do you need to pay yeah. tax? Why, 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 why can't they, <laughs> why can't yeah. they just print yeah. forever? Mm-hmm. So I think such uh, such kind of a debate, even if people might see it as as anarchist type of a debate, I think it's early debate because it, mm. it invites a lot of analysis, a lot of rethinking of economic models. And I think yeah. now, yeah. this decade now, will I think finally show whether Bitcoin will have really a use case because I think any 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 global investor or any any person who is thinking about uh, micro, micro and macroeconomic changes must mm-hmm. at least now 
consider uh, having exposure to Bitcoin. Not not like all of it. I don't think uh, still you're going mm. to see mass migration to Bitcoin, but I think mm-hmm. it will be it will be used as an edge because as mm. more as government prints money, six trillion, and this mm. this uh, this money is being given to people. Like it's an yes. air it's a fiat. So yeah. I think because that will definitely cause inflation down the road. So, and Bitcoin with the halving now, which is coming up, I think next next month, no, May. Mm-hmm. I think in um, May. Yeah, the halving yeah, in yeah. May. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, as as now that event now occurs and we see how Bitcoin reacts to that, people people now start uh, hedging or having an exposure to Bitcoin mm-hmm. instead of doing all fiat with, with the current inflation, which is supposed, which, which will come with this mm. printing of money. Well, the Bitcoin community has been talking a lot about uh, mass adoption, uh, mass yeah. adoption all day, every day. So um, you saying that uh, having Bitcoin, uh, using Bitcoin as a hedge is important. What is the value proposition for for the masses who now need to consider Bitcoin as an alternative currency or, or uh, maybe a store value. Um, what, why, why do they need Bitcoin? Why should they, um, you know, buy some Bitcoin or hold some Bitcoin during this particular economic crisis? I think as a, as a, as a, as a, as a let's say a normal user, not even like a hedge fund or even a, an investor. I think as mm-hmm. a, as a, as an individual person who who understands uh, that the more the more money fiat money is printed, the more it facilitates inflation. Yes, and uh, I'm not saying like the major currencies like the U.S. dollar or the 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 pound. Those uh, for the for the at least for seeable future, I think they will remain as mm-hmm. as global currencies. But but as as these other currencies of less of developing countries, for example, continue to experience challenges, I think mm-hmm. as a person living, especially in in developing countries, it's good to mm-hmm. to think of Bitcoin as mm-hmm. as as an exit or an, as an option to the local mm-hmm. currency because with mm-hmm. when you're exposed to Bitcoin now, you are exposed to a global global markets and you're not yep. and your 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 net worth or your assets are not yep. on the side determined by the the local policies that are implemented by the central bank so okay. i think as as a person as a, as an individual who's trying to understand the future or how to invest i think bitcoin would be one of the value propositions based on non manipulatable currency by even local and international central banks, so you know that there will be only one twenty-one million bitcoins mm-hmm. to ever exist. But okay. now they are printing six trillion in a week. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think I think if you're looking if you're looking to diversify your investments, mm-hmm. I think yeah, because of, because uh, Bitcoin is non-manipulatable, it's censorship resistant, it's decentralized. And it, it has an 11 year, 11 year run, so mm. I think it's good to have an exposure to it. And I, and uh, I don't think uh, people say 
invest what what you can you're willing to lose you're willing, i think willing to risk. yeah yeah and i think as a person starting i also would recommend going all in until at least you understand how how these cycles are going but i think if you want to diversify i think it's one of the it's one of the ways because the as any investor says you have to mm. have exposure to more than one type of an asset so i'm not saying that sell, yeah. sell your house by bitcoin mm-hmm. but even if you have real estate it would be good to have some something in bitcoin something in stocks and mm-hmm. such but as long as you're not overexposed you know mm. uh, um well on one side fiat currency has inflation and the manipulation from central banks and, and governments but then yeah. on the other side uh bitcoin when you talk of manipulation there's always been the fear that um crypto wills manipulate the price of 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 bitcoin and yes. uh in as much as you know fiat might be in you know face inflation every now and then uh the volatility in bitcoin now makes it you know the kind of possibly a weakness uh to it that would you know deter uh, masses the masses from from considering it as a, as a as a hedge how do you argue for for it then if if you know it also has the uh, the chance of of being manipulated by by wills and and and, and miners who have a uh, large mining capacity Yes, totally I agree. I don't I don't dispute that. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. still a very volatile asset and that's why I wouldn't recommend to go all in in, in such type of an asset. But mm-hmm. but I think I think it's true. It's true it's I think there's a possibility and there are many studies that have uh, been conducted that it's possible that whales manipulate the bitcoin price. Yes. And, yes. And, and and I think it's true to some extent. Mm-hmm. but i think i think bitcoin is uh, the starting point of discovery into all these decentralized uh, finance because mm-hmm. once you try to understand the value proposition that being given by bitcoin mm-hmm. now you can you can now understand the other products that are in and even ways to edge your edge your uh, your investments for example mm-hmm. once now you start to understand bitcoin is being used in this way in these and other ways then now you mm-hmm. can start to go into things like defi whereby mm-hmm. you cannot start even staking your coins instead of day trading mm-hmm. or even doing any other type of investments within the space i don't think yes. it's the only way to invest in bitcoin is by buying and holding the mm-hmm. other ways if you're not a trader you can be you can you can invest in companies that are there there are exchanges mm. that are doing this type of business so mm-hmm. i think bitcoin is more of an ideology than just uh, the buying the buying of the currency the moment uh. you start to understand to understand the, this is a whole new world of finance that is coming up so now okay. from there from there based on now mm-hmm. how you're learning you can mm-hmm. now decide how to apply how to apply your skills or how to apply your knowledge your learning and mm-hmm. to to attach yourself somewhere within this decentralized finance ecosystem yeah um it's it's good that you brought up that uh, the decentralized finance is kind of I, i i don't know if it's as a 
it's a hype term at the moment. Um, a lot of uh, you know crypto enthusiasts are discussing it. They are considering it. So maybe could you expound on it a bit? What is decentralized finance and how does it differ from other um, alternative models? Okay, I think decentralized finance uh, as is a concept that has come out of uh, alternative cryptocurrencies. The main mm-hmm. one being Ethereum. Yes. So uh, since the, the launch of Ethereum, Ethereum has, has been dubbed as the global smart contract platform, mm-hmm. uh, enabling, enabling people to interact with each other without use of middlemen. Like, mm-hmm. And then that, that now launched the ICO uh, movement yes. whereby anybody, anybody from any part of the world could have an idea and then make a smart contract, launch mm-hmm. it in, in the, on the internet and then people fundraise it and then they are given tokens. So okay. from, from, from there, from the, the, the ICO hype and from 2017, Mm-hmm. After it settled, now people now I think started looking at other ways that you can utilize your your bit or your 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 crypto cryptocurrencies apart yes. from just apart from just the buying and selling of Bitcoin or these assets. Mm-hmm. So I think centralized finance is the 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 idea, mm-hmm. which is still being. It's I think it's it's still starts starting. So I can't say yeah. with certainty that. It's, it's the end product yet, but it's mm-hmm. the idea that it's possible for anybody anywhere, as long mm-hmm. as you have access to internet, you mm-hmm. can have finance services. And finance, I mean, uh, either accessing a loan or getting mm-hmm. a loan or yeah. taking or, or having your digital assets mm-hmm. online and then use them to give a person, they can, they can, you can lend another person because yeah. you have a digital asset. So yeah. the the idea is that, for example, if I have one Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and I'm not a very good trader, not everybody is a trader, and yeah. I'm not very good at timing the market. So mm-hmm. how else can I gain from this Bitcoin? So mm. DeFi now comes in in various ways. For example, you can have, you can you can give this one Bitcoin to a reputable, let's say, platform or exchange. And then mm-hmm. they lend that, they, they, they give other people that Bitcoin, and then mm-hmm. you earn a commission from, from it. For example, you earn interest, I mean. For example, you can give out, let's say, one Bitcoin to this platform, and then you earn like 10% mm-hmm. per annum. So at mm-hmm. the end of that period, you have your Bitcoin plus the interest. Yeah. So oh, okay. in, that, in that way, you are not really a trader, but you just, mm. just, participating in the space uh, using oh. your assets. So now yeah. the concept of now like cryptocurrencies moves just beyond uh, tokens or collectibles to become a real mm-hmm. asset. That's why it's called digital asset. So yes. I think now if you have Bitcoins in your in your wallet or mm-hmm. Ethereum or any other currencies, you can be yeah. able now to either stake them, earn interest or lend to, to, to other people or even do any other type of activity and use it as 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 collateral. Uh, the same okay. case, the same way, the same the same way you'd, uh, you'd use like your land or real estate as collateral for a loan. 
you can mm. use your Bitcoin, for example, as collateral. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to sell this Bitcoin, you can you can use it as collateral and then get a loan. And then when you pay the loan, you get your Bitcoin back. And then um, the, 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 yes, 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 just proceed. So the advantage of this is that it's global. It's not limited to one one place. Anybody anywhere with access to internet can be able to access such a service. Ah. Well, one of the challenges that the blockchain community has been facing is uh, the issue of government regulations in most of the you know, platforms that, that have been built or are being built. Um, does decentralized finance, will it, does it seem to be facing the same challenge or is it completely autonomous from, from government interference or intervention? I think it, it, it faces a lot of problems because of regulation. Mm -hmm. Because uh, any, any, type of, any type of commerce that takes place uh, that entails exchange of goods and services, mm -hmm. there must be some type of regulation there. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, honestly speaking, that would be the major hindrance to uh, mass adoption of this type of DeFi products, because okay. at the end of at the end of the day, these people are trading uh, are domiciled in certain countries, for example. Yes, and these yeah. countries operate with laws that govern money and mm. trade and e-commerce. Mm -hmm. So, at 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 the end of at the end of it. Uh, you, mu you must involve uh, lawyers and the law must be able to either adapt to these type of products or these products are made in such a way that they reflect the situation on the ground. So I think, mm. I think that's, that's, the major, that's the major challenge, I think, going forward for different. And that's different from Bitcoin because Bitcoin itself is not tied down to to a person or an individual, it exists primarily online, and it's mm. a way. It's a, It's not. It's not an. It's not tied to to something outside the Bitcoin network, and that's yeah. I think what, what what makes it interesting because you can use it as as a as a way to send money, exchange exchange value across the internet, but then DeFi. Mm. At some extent, I think it involves real world risk, and because you you give you're lending, lending and borrowing, at some mm -hmm. point, I think it might it must involve real world regulations, and I think how how it navigates that will be mm. interesting to see. Okay. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about that? Well, uh, at the moment, I'm I'm treating it as. Uh, as one of now, just as another, you know, um, crypto or blockchain service uh, platform that is being built. I'm yet to really experiment with it or go deep into studying it. Uh, so really, I wouldn't have any strong opinions about it. But being a, a blockchain enthusiast and um, evangelist uh, at the same time, I haven't really ventured into studying it or looking deep into it. But uh I think it 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 has it has its place at some point in yeah. in the ecosystem, 
So for me right now, I'm just uh, adopting a wait and see attitude towards it uh, while, uh, you know, we see the ecosystem of, you know, the, the entire concept transition into something that can be utilized by a lot of people. Yeah, I also yeah. so. It's, it's a wait and see scenario. Okay. So you've been very actively involved in uh, reporting about uh, blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies um, in Africa using your platform CoinWiz. How has it been so far? And also, and particularly from an African perspective, how's, how's blockchain and crypto adoption and uh, from your experience and how, where, where exactly do you think it's going to head to in, in the future? Yeah, I think I think the industry has grown uh, a lot since since I came in the space. So mm-hmm. we started uh, CoinWiz at around 2017, early mm-hmm. early to mid 2017. Mm-hmm. So our um, previously we we had uh, I had. Personally, I had different encounters with Bitcoin here and there, mm-hmm. but I I did not understand it very well until yeah. I think around 20, 2016 is when I, I, I wrapped my hand around uh, what exactly Bitcoin can do. But my mm-hmm. problem was even before I started, I didn't know even how to buy it, how what's mm-hmm was the right procedure of investing in Bitcoin. Because I remember there was a time I wanted to buy at around 1,000 or so. Mm-hmm. Or, and then a few days later, it was, I think, 2,000. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, I was very confused what type of an asset this is. <laughs> so I was convinced yeah, initially. $1,000. Yeah, out of uh, knowing. Well, so, yeah, so that, that seems you were in at a very early uh, stage, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I didn't understand like why and what, what, <laughs> why it's what's happening. Yeah, I remember one of my earliest friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my earliest friends told me it's like a Pesa but global. That was my, <laughs> that was my earliest. Yeah, <laughs> action trying somebody trying to under to help, to help me understand what Bitcoin is. So yeah. it took me almost, I think two or three encounters between mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. but I really could not understand it. So you can imagine now the, mm-hmm. the education gap that is that was there. So yes. when finally now, 2017 is when I finally cracked like what, what really is Bitcoin because uh, the way I knew I understood it because I was writing about it. So I got somebody who told me they want to a write-up about uh, what what is uh, Bitcoin and how people can invest in it. So that now prompted me to go and research even more for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's how we realized there's, there's a lot of knowledge gap. Uh, and uh, we realized that there's an opportunity to try mm-hmm. and write content and educate people about uh, Bitcoin, blockchain, and the cryptocurrencies mm. now that were coming. So that, that was the, the rationale of starting CoinWiz. And it was to, to even show that it's not a must that you become a trader for you to be involved. 
the industry. Mm-hmm. So that's that's when we registered the website, and then uh, by good luck, the boom was just uh, getting started because mm-hmm. a few months after after we registered the website, the the mm-hmm. boom run was fully fixed. So Bitcoin moved yeah. from I think thousand to six thousand to ten thousand to seventeen thousand mm-hmm. and all. Mm-hmm. those were the good times so yeah every day you out to take your 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 wallet it's up it's up it's up yeah. but yeah. you didn't know because mm-hmm. I still I can I, I still did not know why it was going up even if I was <laughs> in the industry so you can imagine yeah. so explain to someone else that this is a real a real thing so mm. it was it was now after after i think the 2018 after the bura now was over is yes it's where now started like to really really understand and see the scope and how big and what could happen to the industry mm. so mm-hmm. we delved deep into trying to connect with as many people as possible uh, mm-hmm. trying to look for projects that are in Kenya or in the space in Africa. Yeah. The good thing is with, with the internet, it's easy to connect. So you just need to join communities, ask people mm-hmm. to contribute. And that's that's how we started. So we had guests, guest articles, people contributing their projects. We also uh, did the one-on-ones, what is Bitcoin, yeah. how to buy Bitcoin. And... Uh, even for me, myself, it helped me understand more because apparently you understand things more when you try to teach someone else. So that's that's how now I came to understand the bigger, the bigger scope of the space. Yeah. And 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 so far from your interaction with the the community that you've been able to build, um, do the the readers or the people who consume your content understand the implications of what uh, this space has to offer um, or do they just see it as a passing cloud, so to speak? I don't think everybody has really grasped the how and how this the opportunity that is there because uh, from my interactions with communities online and offline, yeah. it's still highly perceived as a risky volatile experiment which i don't i don't blame anybody who, who thinks like that uh, it's mm-hmm. it's difficult it's difficult for a layman to understand or even anybody anybody mm-hmm. outside the the cryptosphere to understand mm-hmm. when people say uh, this is this is the new world it's going to take over people mm-hmm. people outside think think we are we are, we are crazy and it's not, it's not going to happen because it's not easy to start. It's not an easy process. Even even from, let's say, even my own people, people who I interact with, not everybody, mm. uh, grasp the, the value, the value proposition of Bitcoin. So I think outside outside the, the WhatsApp, the Telegram groups and the crypto Twitter, it's still yeah. not well-known outside the core the core communities and uh, mm. i think it will, it will still take some time okay um yeah. well as a as a startup founder um in africa i, I was uh, going through one of your platforms chris the curator.com and one yeah. of the 
fascinating um items that i got to read there was your opinions on the startup culture and, and innovation in africa um can you kindly expound on what your thoughts are or what you've been able to see in 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 africa uh with the founders and the kind of businesses that they've been trying to build the kind of business models that they adopt and some of the failures that they've been uh they've, they've had and how to mitigate to mitigate them okay my my experience has been a lot of mixed uh i would say mixed bag because mm-hmm. from outside from outside i think uh the whole thing of startup culture and entrepreneurship especially if you look it from from an outsider going in Mm-hmm. you think it's uh, it's so rosy and it's actually really easy because you see guys online doing all these uh, ideas getting funded you see this startup has raised 100 million you see this is what 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 so yeah when you're outside looking in mm-hmm. you might think it's it's a bit easy because the internet the, the way the internet and especially social media like twitter operates is that when you follow these these other startup founders investors mm. they they make it look like it's it's very easy to raise like 100 million but yeah. those are those are those are actually not the media that's not the media that's not how the industry most mm. of the most actually most of the startups fail but yes there's no record of there's no you, it's very hard for you to to have a, a youtube or a tiktok or a Uh, medium posts about mm. how a pro, uh, how a startup failed it's how they raise yeah. money how they're expanding how they are so it's very easy to see as if it's it's an easy undertaking especially in africa so trying to reconcile trying to reconcile mm. that difference between starting a company in africa and what's happening like silicon valley it's a process it's a process for me to talk some time to understand okay these are very different markets so yeah what is working there might not work here so yeah. just even if it's even if it's just an online or a software based idea you have to really think very clear, very very well about what is it what it is that you're doing the solution how viable it is who are your customers and do you have a competitive advantage do you have a lead do you have anything to to start from so i think it's 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 from 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 my own experience i would mm-hmm. i would advise people to think very very clearly about the the, the value the market proposition and not be misguided based on the stories from silicon valley they can, they can encourage you but the markets yeah. are very different so you must really think deeply about the problem and trying to solve yeah okay do, do you think a lot of these uh, startup founders in africa are imitating silicon valley it's like a copy paste model uh, that they're adopting yeah yeah it's true but i i don't think i blame i blame anybody who, who try tries to do that because i, I mean that's that's the whole idea of entrepreneurship must try something fast and see if it works 
But mm. I think what what is not clear is that uh, just because something has worked there, it will work mm. here. And the ability to, to rebound and learn as fast as possible and then do it again, that's, I think, that's, that's where it's very difficult. I don't think many founders in Africa who are starting up have the luxury of failure or luxury of trying another very many times or one startup fails, then you go start another one, you start another one, you get funded. It's, it's not, the, the ecosystem is still not very accommodative to, to that yeah. because it's still growing. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's very, it's very, it's very okay for, I don't think it's, it's good to, to, to copy paste whatever has worked somewhere else. Sometimes it might work, sometimes, but most times you find the models are completely different. And I had to learn that the hard way. <laughs> the hard way, yeah. Okay, um, so finally, you have any particular announcements you'd like to, to your listeners? Okay, so uh, over the last... The project think, you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Currently, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in crypto.com, uh, mm-hmm. the number one URL in best URL in crypto. So uh-huh. they are trying. They are trying to expand their product offering to markets in Kenya and Africa. So I'm working with them to to see ways in which we, we can introduce uh, some of their products here. They have really good uh, products like Crypto Earn. Crypto okay. pay, you can easily buy buy and sell many cryptocurrencies on their platform. But for me, yeah. what I'm most excited about is their 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 earn program. You can earn up to eight percent or even twelve percent on stable coins when you stake mm-hmm. on their platform. So I think it, it it would be very attractive for markets. I think in Africa also, but currently they are. Their, their flagship product that they are focused on right now is cards. They're distributing Visa, Metal Visa cards in UK, okay. in Europe. Mm-hmm. They're starting with UK, but they're also in mm-hmm. US and Singapore. So okay. I think they're trying to drive utility of uh, cryptocurrencies. And uh, I think it's a, it's a very good ground to cover. And so I, that's crypto.com, right? Crypto.com, yeah. Okay. We have a mobile app. We have a mobile app. You can easily download it. And if anybody expresses a problem with the app, please, they can just shoot me a message on Telegram. But yeah. I will announce more information as they are working. You are still working on the final details. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Chris. Th- thank you so much, Frank. And... Uh, this is, this, this, this is, I think, my first official podcast. And uh, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> yes, I hope and it goes well. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So it's been and a congrats. great pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure hosting you. And uh, yeah. I think we'll have to do this again and talk about more things in the space and whatever is happening. And we get to launch these new projects as well yeah definitely i'll keep in touch okay thank you goodbye thank you so much frank bye